Hi, everybody. It is, um, what day is it? Oh, gosh. It's, it's Thursday. It's, oh, good. It's Thursday, <laughs> March 14th. I can see the date on the computer screen, but not the day of the week. And I forget that um, every day. I'm actually surprised that I remembered it. Okay, <laughs> this is uh, this is Michael Abernathy, the online editor at the Times News, and uh, reporter Jessica Williams. Hey and guys, we are we're going to talk a little bit about what was a, a pretty um, packed meeting uh, agenda for the school board. That was Tuesday, right? Yeah, it was on Tuesday. It was their work session. Um, and but before I forget, I wanted to mention that they actually made a change last month where they're having their work sessions in the auditorium. So they're now filmed. Um, so if anybody wants to actually access the meeting, um, they have the full video of it online. If you go to the ABSS website and click the Board of Education tab, you'll see it right there on the front page. That's good. Yeah. I'd forgotten that. I'm yeah. glad you mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to mention it. Because um, I knew I'd forget if I didn't say it now. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Jessica's done, you're working on your third story now from this um, from this work session. Yeah. Um, so let's just real quick what the, what the issues have been, what you've written about. Um, the first one I wrote about was elementary school redistricting. So Highland Elementary School um, currently has 738 students with a capacity of 711. So they want to move some of those students over to E.M. Holt, um, which currently has 536 students with a capacity for 701. And I feel like the number that that they threw out was something like 100? Yeah, so it'll be around 100, 100 students, and they're looking at the area between NC-62, NC-49, and then up to Grand Oaks Boulevard. Okay. Yeah, so it's... Uh, the area south of um, an area that they just redistricted during kind of a Williams High School attendance zone mm-hmm. shuffle. Um, so those students who were just redistricted won't be moved again. This is the area south of that. Well, that, that was one of the concerns that was brought up during the meeting. So I just wanted to mention it. When when would they do this? Would this be next school year? I don't believe so because. Um, Todd Thorpe, who is the assistant superintendent for operations, if you don't know him, I feel like I say his name in every article, (laughs) um, said that they're looking at adding mobile units to Highland next year. So I don't think that this would happen in August. Maybe it would happen next summer. That surprises me a little bit, just because I thought they'd be prepping for next year, but maybe that's too quick of a turnaround for parents or for the district itself, busing and... I don't know. Yeah, in this conversation, this was one of the very last items on the agenda, and it was a four-hour meeting. So this conversation was kind of rushed because the board was tired of each other and (laughs) tired of the meeting, and um, it wasn't as lengthy as a normal redistricting conversation would be. So they're not done with this. This is just the beginning stage. No, this is very preliminary stage. So we're going to hear a lot more about this. All right. What's uh, and so then the second article uh, that we ran today was about construction. Basically, um, they invited Dr. Jim Watson, who is a retired superintendent from Lincoln County, to um, give a presentation about different construction options for the bond work. Um, basically, different ways that they can hire an architect and a contractor, um, and different ways of saving money by utilizing those different ways um i'm being very vague i'm sorry <laughs> no um, read the article if you want details uh, yeah it's 
it, I mean, it got into the kind of granular uh, process, right? Yeah. And then he basically told them, you know, you're in a builder's market right now. There's a lot of public projects out there. So they have their choice and you're probably not going to get a bargain by putting these things out to bid was mm-hmm. kind of his point. Mm-hmm. And the cost per square footage uh, ratio that you gave. Yeah, he um, he came with a chart showing kind of how the cost per square foot has gone up since 2012. Um, I don't remember the exact numbers, but... I think I might. Oh, okay. Um, I think it was 146 yeah, that in 2012, right. and it's something like... 209 or around 200 yeah. per square foot in 2017. And then he gave a high school yeah. where it was even more than that. It was around 243. Yeah. And that is the last, the most recent high school that was built, I believe. And it was smaller than the one we want to build. Right. Yeah. Um, that one was 200,000 square feet and ours is supposed to be around 240. Yeah. So, um, we are going to be paying is what basically what we heard and it's not going to get any cheaper right the the slower we go but i think they've prepared well for that i mean they have 70 million of the bond money set aside for the high school and i think that is honestly worst case scenario so they didn't seem like oh god we don't have enough money they like they weren't panicking it seemed like something they were prepared for all right i told you i wouldn't do this but i always do this <laughs> Any any um, refreshed timeline or anything for these bonds or construction or um, anything that you've heard that's changed or set? Not really. Um, they asked Dr. Thorpe if he knew where the new high school was going to be built yet. Of course, the answer is no. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're looking for land somewhere in the eastern part of the county. And uh, they have $2.5 million was the last number I heard reserved for purchasing 100 acres of land around that, assuming that 60 acres are usable for the high school. Mm -hmm. And last I spoke to him, he said that it's going to be difficult to find land that big. They might have to combine a couple of different lots Mm -hmm. to get that number. And and they're looking between Eastern High School and Southern. Yes, because those are the two most overcrowded. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, and then today you are working on a, an ongoing, uh, I'm, I love the word kerfuffle, so I'm going to say kerfuffle. <laughs> that is a good word. Yeah, so this is the latest installment of the kerfuffle saga um, <laughs> over academic coaches and also um, a new pilot program for recruiting teachers to Title I schools. So I'm combining those two agenda items into one article that will is supposed to run tomorrow. I never want to say that it's going to run tomorrow because I don't, don't know. know. Um, at the last meeting, they heard six public comments um, from teachers and academic coaches saying, you know, you've proposed that you're going to eliminate these 34 academic coach positions, but these people are doing things in the schools that we need um, and they're invaluable and we really think it's a mistake for you to cut those positions. Mm-hmm. And Tony Rose's point was that he had heard from a lot of teachers that their academic coaches are actually fulfilling administrative duties. Um, like they're working with them on classroom management mm-hmm. and some of them are assisting with technology issues, which are things that shouldn't really be in their job description. 
and that's part of the problem. It, oh, okay. So uh, the board basically asked Superintendent Benson to look at a way to come up with a top-down program that will address those issues and make sure that those needs for teachers are still being met. So if that means talking to principals and saying, hey, you're going to have to start filling these gaps Mm -hmm. or coming up with an entirely new program, whatever needs to be done, teachers need those needs met. So um, the school system's response to that is this new program called the ABSS Learning Coach Model. And basically, they're still cutting the 34 academic coach positions, but they're replacing it with this new model where, this is where it gets complicated, Um, all of the schools are broken down into three regions, and each region is made up of two attendance zones. So you've got like um, Cummings and Graham, uh, Eastern and Mm -hmm. Southern. I don't think these are the right matchups, but... Like that. Two attendance zones per region. And each uh, region gets four coaches. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm still waiting for some questions to be answered about this. So I'm trying to give you just the basics that I'm sure of. There might be more positions involved, but the core is that each region gets four coaches. And they have set job descriptions by central office and they're all doing the exact same thing for the schools. Because that was the issue, right? Some yeah. coaches are doing this sort of work over here versus at this other school, they're doing something else. Exactly. So they're trying to make it equitable for all of the schools. And hopefully that will solve that issue. And they're hoping that that also addresses teachers' concerns because mm. they still need these things done. They still need support and help. And so they'll still have someone there to meet those needs. It just probably won't be full time because they'll be rotating. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously the question was raised, well, we're cutting these positions to save $2.7 million. So if you put 12 back in, is that going to decrease our savings? Mm -hmm. Um, And the explanation that the finance officer, whose name is Jeremy Teeter, gave was very long and complicated. But from what I understand they can shuffle money around so that it doesn't affect that and they'll still save the 2.7 million. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's surprising. So, um, part of the reason is that I need to get him to look at my bank. Yeah, I know mine too. (laughs) Um, Jeremy, give me a call. Right. Um, so when they originally came up with the the first budget proposal, they were still waiting on the state to finalize its budget. Mm-hmm. And so they were kind of working with worst case scenarios, like the most expensive state-mandated things. Those things are probably going to be less expensive than they first thought. So they're saving money in that way. So okay. they'll have more money to work with. And then he also said that they can kind of shuffle some different positions around to be paid for out of different pots that will free up more local dollars. It's all complicated school finance stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And you probably don't want to delve too deep into it. In the weeds. Yeah. All right. Um, So the other part of it was um, teacher recruitment for the Title I schools. So 
They came up with this pilot program where they were going to offer incentives to teach at three Title I middle schools, which are Graham Middle, Turrentine, and Broadview. Mm -hmm. And that's because these three schools have really high teacher turnover. Um, All of them have rates of teacher turnover above 20%, which means more than 20% of their teachers left from one year to the next. Yeah. Um, So when they first proposed it, they were going to offer a $4,000 incentive to new teachers to come teach at those schools. That's now changed. It's $1,500. And they've also retooled the bonuses for existing teachers. And I'm still waiting for questions to be answered about that as well. So you'll find out more when you read the article, hopefully tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, Thanks. Jessica. Yeah, thank you. Thanks as always. And everybody, you can read all these stories at thetimesnews.com. And uh, are there any more things coming out of this work session, you think? I don't think so. That's pretty much it. Okay. (laughs) All right. Well, um, maybe you'll get to report about other things. Yeah, maybe so. All right. Uh, Thanks, everybody. And have a good weekend. Thank you.